Welcome to Get Off the Treadmill podcast for business leaders, where we are relentless about helping small business owners get off the treadmill and make meaning too. I'm Sandy Corrigan, and we are going to dive into another conversation that helps us make more money in less time, get off the treadmill, and rehumanize every business leader by giving you your brain back. So welcome again to another edition of Get Off the Treadmill podcast for business owners. And Chuck Blakeman is with us this morning. And we're going to dig in to talk about the tyranny of the urgent and the priority of the important and um, facilitating three to five clubs. This is what I see as the biggest reason people don't get involved or don't take time out uh, to really focus on what needs to happen. They're very reactionary. And so Chuck, let's talk about the reasons why, and then what can people do about it? Yeah. And I would always talk about how I was going to do something in my business someday when X happened under some condition, I would make X happen. Do mapping of my processes when I get organized. Well, that's how you get organized. I'll, I'll hire a salesperson after I get to X amount of sales. No, you get to the sales goal by getting the salesperson. So we were always making excuses myself uh, more than any about how we're supposed to get places. And I, and as I look at this, probably 15, 20 years ago, I began to form these two opposing realities in my head. And here's, here's the biggest problem we have in business. And I think in life, it's about priorities. The, the tyranny of the urgent versus the priority of the important. The tyranny of the urgent is, we call it the, the tyranny because a tyrant is a king that you don't want. You didn't ask for him. You just, they bang down your door and say, I own you. And there's all kinds of things in business that try to own us. And they put us on a treadmill of making money. So things like uh, email and phone and customers and people, you feel like you have one of those little number machines at your door where people just take a number to, to stand in line to talk to you. And uh, you could stand in your office and uh, on Monday morning, once you get your business up and running, then you become a hostage of your business because that's always what happens. We start this thing and we wonder how did we become a hostage of it, but it happens. So you, you work hard, you get this thing moving, you get your flywheel going, and all of a sudden you show up on Monday morning and there's 20 things to do. And you've got 20, 30, 40 things that hit you all week. And you just, you're just knocking them out. You're killing them. And at the end of a week, You've knocked out 39 of the 40 things. You think you've had a great week, but all you've done is be, be reactionary. And, and I did this for six businesses, uh, five or six businesses. I, I'd go home at the end of the week, think I'd had a great week. Then I'd have to think about it, realize, okay, I got a bunch of problems here. Number one, I knocked out four, 39 of 40 things. That means I got one left. If I do this 52 weeks in a row, I'm in deep trouble. <laughs> I got 52 things I'm not knocking out. And then secondly, the stuff I'm knocking out. What does it mean? That, that What do the things do for me that, that I'm knocking out? I, I think every business owner, Sandy, you've probably felt this. I know I have. You wake up on January 1st and it's like Groundhog Year. You think Groundhog life. Yeah, Groundhog. Like this is just like it was last year. I've worked so hard. My business is bigger. I, the business is making more money. I'm not taking any more home and I'm definitely spending more time. How, how did I end up in, in the same place or worse off a year later? And it's because we focus on the tyranny of the urgent. And there's all kinds of bad reasons we do it. Number one, the tyranny of the urgent is where we make money right now. 
And some of the tyrants we have is we have a lease, we have a mortgage, we've got payroll, we've got bills, we got all kinds of stuff. Those are tyrants. How do we knock down those tyrants? We make a chair, we sell the chair, we get paid for the chair. So we see getting paid as a tyrannical thing. We don't see it that way, but it actually is tied directly to getting rid of the tyrant. And you never get rid of the tyrant, you just suppress it for a month and then it comes around the next month. So we, we focus on the tyranny of the urgent because we can see the, the, quick, the quick gratification, the, uh, the, you, know, you build a chair, you sell the chair, you make some money. The problem with that is you're not moving forward. And it's just getting you on the treadmill and keeping you on the treadmill. So that's where we make money. It's where we see instant gratification. And it's what we've been taught to do. Spend your energy on the tyrant and on the tyranny of the urge to just react to the world around you, the world, the, 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 the government, the economy, the customers, uh, all these different things. Just react to the market. Just react, react, react. Well, sitting over the corner while we're doing all this, is this funny little thing called the priority of the important. They're very different opposing forces. And the problem with the tyranny of the urgent is it will come and find you and try to make you a hostage every day. The priority of the important will do just the opposite. It will sit in the corner like Yoda and it'll say, you know, when you got a minute, I know you're really busy with all that nonsense uh, and your groundhog day and your groundhog week, month and year, but when you get a chance, when you, when you decide to take a chance, when you take the time to invest in me, I might be able to help you solve some of that stuff. We don't spend time with the priority of the important. And the reason we don't is because we don't make money right away with the priority of the important. In fact, one of the ways to know that you're doing something important, more often than not, it costs you both time and money. That's a great way to know that you're doing something important. Either, either that or something really dumb. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's kind of a polarity. So going to a seminar could be a really bad idea or it could be a great idea. You're going to spend time and money, but the idea is that you would get something back from that that would make your business better permanently. The reason we call these the important things is because the important things are set up to solve permanently some, if not many, if not all of the urgent things. The more time and energy we invest in the important things, the less time we'll have to spend on the urgent ones. So what are some things that we, that business owners, uh, that are important to business owners that we just don't do? Well, things like really figuring out how we can get off the treadmill, right? Like really looking at and saying, I'm not going to have another year like this. I'm going to figure out what should I be doing and who so Some kind of planning. Yes. Yeah. So some kind of planning, right? I don't have time to plan. I'm too busy making chairs. How else? That's, that's, one, that's one way that we just, we, we end up in groundhog year. I think, I think there's two other things I've been thinking about as I hear people talk about this and lots and lots, maybe 80% of business owners are in this place and only 20% are really focused and intentional about creating something different for them. And so I hear two things. I hear I'm afraid and I don't, they don't say it that way, but they keep busy because they're afraid to look at what yeah. is really important. And the other thing is the ego piece. Like it can feel really great to be needed and wanted and pulled on. And, you know, so that kind of pride and ego piece, I think comes in there and people don't realize that's happening. So true. 
Yeah. Uh, the pride of doing things. It's my baby. I've invested all my time and energy in this thing. And the important no thing. Can do it as well as I can. No one will care about it as much. No one will be as yeah. brilliant at it, which may be true, but yeah. you might actually find some people that are better at some pieces of it than this, I am. <laughs> it's so true. This opposing, these two opposing forces are based in the, the idea that we as human beings are short-term decision makers. We think short, short term. We are still hunting mastodons in our head. We're that still looking for that next kill. The stability we're still seeking. Yeah. Survival. Right in the moment, right? Yeah, we, we need to know that we have something to eat tomorrow. And that causes us to think short term. I've got to sell a chair. I've got to make a chair and sell a chair. We don't think about, well, building a process would be a great thing, but I don't have time to build a process which would help someone else do the chair so I could get off the treadmill. I'm too busy making chairs to build this process to make chairs. Or we could make more chairs if there were more of us involved. There's the, the important things are deceptive because we don't see the value in them right away. And that's because we are hunting mastodons in our head. You got to stop hunting mastodons in your head. You got to think about how do I get to where I don't have to hunt mastodons ever? That's where farming came from. The problem is that took us thousands of years to figure that out. Let's domesticate some of these guys so we don't have to chase them. Uh, and, and the food, you know, the, the planting of the food, those that's long-term decision-making. We don't do that kind of stuff in business. I'm too busy making chairs. So we don't solve our urgent problems and they just keep coming around and coming around. If you build a process and you figure out the process and you tighten it up and you learn it and you teach others that process, you can eliminate so many urgent issues like, hey, we're out of, we're, we're out of stock again. Well, if you had a process, you'd make sure that you always had that stuff so that you didn't have to run to the store to make more chairs. Just simple things like that. So Chuck, one of the reasons we hear is I just don't have the money. I don't have the money to bring someone else on um, or you know, other people to be able to play a part in this. So what are, the, some, what are some of the ways a business owner can think about that that can shift that idea so that they can create a process and then also get help in the process. Yeah, again, it's short-term decision-making. It all comes back to that. I don't have the money to hire a salesperson. Well, you might not have the money not to. You you may not be able to afford not to. Uh, I remember working with a Keller Williams person in, in Idaho, in the middle of nowhere, essentially, from the rest of humanity. And she said, when I moved to Idaho, I wanted to have the the number one Keller Williams area in the country, number one. So she went around and looked at what all the other realtors were doing. And she said, well, I have to spend $5,000 a month in advertising in order to begin to get this process going. And all of them said, you're crazy. You can't afford to do that. And she said, I can't afford not to because I want to be the number one Keller Williams area in the country. I don't know that she ever made it to number one. She was in the top five regularly. I mean, we're talking Boise, Idaho versus New York City and Los Angeles and Denver, Boise. <clears throat> well, that's long-term de- decision-making. Are you willing to, to make decisions based on that kind of stuff? Uh, our, our three to five club facilitator in Belfast and Dublin, John Heenan says, are, are, are you making decisions based on where you are or on where you want to be? If you're making decisions based on where you are, where do you think you'll be next year? Groundhog year. 
this short-term decision-making tyranny of the urgent. The tyranny of the urgent makes us make decisions based on where we are. Here's where I am. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time to join a three to five club. I've actually gotten people who gave me that reason. Why don't you want to, well, why would you want to join a three to five club? Because I want to get off the treadmill. Why don't you join a three, three to five club? Because I'm on the treadmill. <laughs> That's the biggest reason I see the short-term thinking of not yeah. being able to see how that, you know, that um, context, that community, the content, the continual accountability actually is the vehicle to help you get off. And because it's really easy to hide alone. Like as a business owner, if you're not in community somewhere, whether it's with us or with somebody else, it's just really easy to just keep doing the same old thing because there's nobody there to challenge you except maybe your spouse or significant other that complains. That, but that hunting, you're right, that, but that hunting of the mastodon causes us to, to seek an unhealthy level of security. Mm. I will join three to five club once I figure out how to get off the treadmill. And well, then that never happens. No, because three to five clubs, what's going to help you figure out how to get off the treadmill. I'm going to hire that salesperson. Once I get my sales up far enough to pay fully for the salesperson, I'm not talking about crazy risk here. I'm talking about measured risk that people ought to be taking measured risks. What's it really going to cost you? Is it going to cost you $80,000 a year to hire a salesperson? No, it's going to cost you, you know, three or four or 5,000 the first month to see if you got the right one and to see if it's a good idea. Almost always it's a good idea. Sometimes you got the wrong person. Okay, it was an expensive seminar, move on, hire somebody else. But the risk is usually measured and we aren't willing to take measured risks because we see any risk at all of losing a few thousand dollars as uh, something that's that's going to be catastrophic. It's not. And we, we've got to change that thinking and be willing to risk things in a measured way, in a sensible measured way. And what I mean by that is you look at something and say, if these things happen, something good will happen at the end. And I could see these things happening. They could not happen. There could be some unforeseen things I haven't thought of or just you know, weren't out there that could keep this from happening. But based on what I understand, the plan I've laid out and how, how it would come back to me, it would make sense for me to hire a salesperson. We will break even on that in five months, six months, eight months. Great. So you've got a measured risk. You've understood that there's a risk that says there's things that could go wrong and likely will go wrong, but still you're likely to get something good out of this. That's something most business owners, it's a muscle we have to learn to, to exercise. Some business owners are wild-eyed, raging entrepreneurs who, who don't feel comfortable unless they're, they're sewing their parachute on the way down. You know, they're just in unmitigated risk. It's just terrifying risk for most people. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about simple, mitigated, measured risk that requires us to be long-term in our decision-making and think about the focus on the priority of the important versus the tyranny of the urgent. I think that in our bottleneck section in three to five clubs too, which is that end of the meeting section where a business owner gets up and shares an issue, challenger opportunity for a minute, and then the group gets to ask clarifying questions for a couple of minutes and then rain ideas is the place that I see a lot of light bulbs go off for business owners too in thinking, what could I switch around? Like, what am I spending money on that's not really getting me anything? Or what could I sell? Or how could I reposition you know, I mean, there's just so many solutions that come out of community when somebody's willing to say, I am going to do this. I, and like you said before, it's not $80,000 a year. It's just the next month. And you know, in two weeks or 30 days, I mean, you probably know in the first week, whether that person's going to be able to do this long-term and has the, 
skill you need and the motivation and the culture and everything. And so that's where short-term thinking could impact long-term thinking, right? Well, I can just, I can make a long-term decision to hire someone, but I can look at this short-term to say, if it's not working out, like you said, okay, that was an expensive seminar. That was an expensive lesson, but now I'll go find somebody. Now this has given me more clarity on who I really need. Well, I think that's a good segue. We can I can summarize here and then we can uh, move on to another podcast, but we have to figure out early on in business how to combine short and long-term because there's nothing wrong with short-term decision-making. It always, what what makes it good is when you, you, you make short-term decisions that will help you in the long-term. So we have to make money. Upfront, we have the tyrant of the lease and the mortgage and the payroll and all the other stuff. We have to make money. That is a tyrannical thing. The problem is it can keep us from ever building a business that makes money. So don't get me wrong. In the tyranny of the urgent, you will, you will make money. But the problem is you will make money, not the business. The problem is that the, the business teaches us that to, that to use our own personal time to make money. This is called bootstrapping, you know, pulling a business up by its own bootstraps. If we sell a widget, we take the profits to buy two more, sell those, and we buy four more. But unless you take the, inve- the big investment money up front, you're likely to be the one making these widgets in the early stage of your business, and that's going to get you on the treadmill. If you're growing into business by bootstrapping, which 95%, 99% of small businesses do, you got to fight the habit of focusing on making money yourself. Being the principal producer in your business will almost certainly keep you from building a business. That's the long term. That's the priority, the important stuff. Building a business that makes money while you're not there. So you've got to pay the bills. We understand that. And at the same time that you're paying the bills, you should, at the same with the same ac- actions that, is, that you're taking to pay the bills, you've got to figure out how to also be using those same actions to build a business that makes money when you're not there. We call that dual tracking, and we can look at that in our next podcast. And that's really going from income producer to business owner. Absolutely. And that's a big mindset shift. So, you know, we hope to push into some pain here that maybe some of you are feeling as you're listening to this, because that pain can be very motivating to just say, I am not living another month or another year in Groundhog Day. I'm going from income producer to business owner. And here's some ways we can help you. So um, thanks for listening to another episode of Get Off the Treadmill podcast for business owners. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us today. If this podcast was helpful, please subscribe by computer or phone or connect with us at www.the3to5club.com. Discover how you can get off the treadmill, make more money and find more meaning by contacting us at grow at 3to5club.com.